beautiful souls. We are so happy to have you back. And today, Danielle and I are going to talk about parenting. And of course, that's a very big subject. But just to start, I mean, seriously, (laughs) there is no more important role that we can have in our life than parenting. Um, We're responsible for helping these young humans you know, grow and become amazing adults. And there's so much that goes into it. Um, It's a big job, you know, and we do talk about how like, there should be some sort of test, or some sort of something you have to pass to be a parent. Because not everybody's meant to be a parent. But it's a hard job in a lot of ways. You know, we don't parent in a bubble. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But today we're going to sort of look at four types of parenting styles, or I shouldn't say style, because it's not one you would choose. There's an emotional immaturity in these types of parents. And when it shows up, it can have a lot of negative impact upon our kids. So please join us today while we talk about the impact of immature parenting. One of the most important jobs, I guess we could say, in the whole wide world is parenting. Absolutely. Right? It's it's such, I mean, you're literally, not everybody should be allowed to parent. <laughs> there should be prerequisites. There should be some sort of, there's driver's tests, there's yeah. all sorts of tests. Like, I really felt there should be a test for parenting. Yeah. Um, it is such the one of the most important things that we can do as humans is to parent another person. And the impact that we have on them is huge. Yeah. And we don't always 100% realize that as we're new parents, you know, um, because it's not like we just get to be a parent. Usually nowadays, we don't get to just be a parent in a vacuum, right? It's not like, oh, let me just be the perfect parent and do everything with my perfect parenting. And there's no other life stresses, right? We're not in those little bubbles. So we're trying to be a great parent by listening to course, everybody in our world who has an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to do it by all the things we've read. And we're trying to do it by either doing the same thing or the complete opposite of what our parents did. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course we, our partner, they have opinions on how things should work. And then you're also trying to work on your marriage. You're also trying to work on if you work, and then you're also trying to navigate the world. And you're also trying to do all the other things that you're trying to do to, to be, you know, the best person you want to be. I mean, life's busy and life's complicated. Mm -hmm. So it's hard sometimes to consciously slow down and realize how the fuck am I parenting? (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, let me, let me just take a moment to see like, how am I doing? Right. And you and I joke a lot that like, you know, your main goal is to keep them alive. Yes. What is the main goal? But, but also like really being able to assess and understand what good parenting looks like in order to, um, make the adjustments along the way, as opposed to, you know, when your kids are in therapy at 27, you found out, you know, when they were 27, what the hell was going on with them and you and them early on, but you didn't realize it. Right. Right. And it's asking a lot. I I understand that. Oh, it is. It's, it's, 
there's no time and you're experiencing this right now. You barely have time to pee. I let just alone, said that to somebody right, the other day. Yes. Let alone <laughs> stop for a fucking second to figure yes. out how the hell you're doing a parenting. It's right. not something that's going to happen unless you decide it's as important as some of the other things you're doing in your life. Well, exactly. And it's literally like you're making the conscious decision every second that you're in their presence to go through the the difficultness, I guess. I don't even mm-hmm. know if that's a word. Difficulty. Right? Mm-hmm. Difficult. Yeah, there you go. Difficultness. Um, there's there's a side effect of parenting. Yes, yes. <laughs> you lose words. Yes. yes. But it's hard. It's hard. You're essentially on all yes. the time. Like you have to be aware of the things that are coming out of your mouth at all times, your body language, right? Everything. It's so easy to just fall into almost like zoning out and just not paying attention to what you're doing. And all of a sudden you find yourself snapping at them or making some sort of offhand comment that's going to completely alter the way that they view themselves for the rest of their lives. Right. Mm-hmm. Think about that for a second. How fucking scary is that? Oh, I know. You know, and, and almost, things yeah. that I think about all day long. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, and you can, and the thing is, is you, I, I think it's the repetition over time of constant things. It's what develops. Kids are super resilient. I mean, they, that's the one thing about kids. They're so resilient. And, um, and, and of course we're all different, you know, it's, I, I can say, you know, my, myself and my two brothers were all just one year apart. You know, we had some things to deal with through divorces and, you know, that types of thing, you know, and we all were only one year apart. We all handled it differently. Right. We all uh, processed it differently. Well, but that's the thing. You never know what's going to affect uh, any given child. Absolutely. Right? And even and- in my own divorce, that was true. Yeah. I had, you know, one of my kids handled it one way and one of my kids internalized and handled another yeah. way. Same for my brother and, and I. Yep. Yeah, same, right? And so, and these aren't things that we can necessarily control, but there are a lot of ways that we, if we're paying attention yes. and we're checking in with ourselves, mm-hmm. at least on a regular basis, this is not every single day. This is, right. this is more or less, but it's every week I don't know like I would go as far as to say that it should be maybe like a daily ritual well yes you know at the end of the day an ideal world like you know it's like what I teach my athletes about a post-game routine right Mm -hmm. their self-reflection process after Mm -hmm. every and I even have them do it after practice after every practice every game go through what are the areas that I need to improve upon and how do I do that what are the things that I did well and good job for that right yes so honestly and my dad told me that he did this. He just told me this recently when I mm. you know, have had kids. He said, every night I would, as I'm laying there in bed, I would think to myself, okay, what did I do well? In, as, as far as parenting is con- concerned, what did I do well today? What did I not do so well? <laughs> How mm-hmm. can I fix that for next time? Do I need to fix that with them tomorrow? Right? Yes. Like, because keep in mind, we're human. We make mistakes. Everybody does. But if if mistakes are an opportunity to learn and grow and you you don't, it's not like if you make a mistake with your child, that's it. Oh my God. I've just, Oh no, but make, but making a mistake with your child gives you an opportunity to go back and explain to them what was going on and making it all better and showing them how you deal with making mistakes, which makes, which 
which makes them so much more comfortable about, exactly. oh, mistakes are part of life. Yes. You know, mommy or daddy tells me all the time, oh, they made a mistake and they're fine. Yes. And they tell us and they tell me how they deal with it. So it's okay that I make a mistake. Exactly. And please do that because I yeah. can tell you the number one thing that I work on my athletes with is the fear of failure, mm-hmm. fear of making mistakes. They're so, it's so embedded in them that they can't, they can't make mistakes. They can't fail right? They're afraid of it, which mm-hmm. ultimately causes mistakes. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, I like, and- yeah, I like what you said about a daily, the daily check-in and, and what, I, and when you say daily, I think you're right. I think sitting down at the end of the day, you know how we did this when we we're talking about, you know, even with your partner, like, yeah. you know, doing it just to check it. Hey, how was your day? How do we do today? Like, mm-hmm. is, you know, anything we need to talk about? So maybe that's something we do. I, again, the kids are in bed. Yes. I know this is your time to just like, Bleh. but you know what? pour your glass of wine, pour your tea, sit down, you know, and maybe this is your time to journal or do something, but just take maybe, maybe 10 minutes. Yes. You know, even if it's 10 minutes while you're sitting in the bath, yeah, maybe it's 10 minutes doing something, some self-love for you, you know, um, take 10 minutes and go, okay, how did I do today? Well, I, you know, you know, I did, I did, I yelled and I never said anything about why I yelled and maybe I should explain that. Maybe I should go back tomorrow and explain, Hey, remember when mommy yelled yesterday, mommy, sorry. Yeah. You know, mommy didn't mean to yell. Mommy was all stressed out about, you know, the, the leak in the bathroom, you know, right. or whatever, <laughs> you know? Um, so it, yeah, go through that process of explaining yeah. that to them because yeah. that also in and of itself is a learning experience on multiple fronts. Exactly. So, you know, and it, exactly. I think the more frequent you do it, the less of a, of a thing it is, if that makes sense. So where yeah. if, you're, if you're doing it once a month, it's a lot bigger and it'll probably take a lot longer. Right. But if oh. you're doing just a little quick check-in with yourself every day, mm-hmm. like you said, 10 minutes tops, that's it. Right. And then, you know, if you are only doing it like every week or every month, it makes it difficult to then kind of go back. Hey, Johnny, remember when mommy yelled at you a month ago? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Johnny doesn't remember. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Johnny doesn't remember, but, but he does. Yeah. But, the, yeah. but he has been programmed. That, that yes. program is there. So, yes. But so, and that's important too, to address sooner rather than later. Absolutely. And of course, what we are talking about here are emotionally intelligent adults. Sorry, we get off we got on our tangent. <laughs> okay, we did. We, we got, but you and I are so passionate about great parenting, yes. uh, great conscious parenting. That doesn't mean that like it's mistake-free parenting, it's conscious parenting. Conscious. It means that you're thinking about how you're parenting, you're thinking about how it's impacting, you're watching how it's impacting, you're you're consciously parenting. Um, you're not just on like this, like go, go, go. And just whatever happens, happens and, right. you know, suck it up. And that's the way it is. And hurry up and get the car. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? So um, that reminds so- me before we forget, I have been meaning to bring this up. Remember, we were going to start recommending books at the end. Oh, yeah. I have one that it goes perfectly with this. So remind okay, me perfect. that I can fill everybody in. Okay, great. So uh, one of the, we kind of started like this whole talk to, about great parenting but that's when you're like an emotionally mature parent, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of have stepped into this parenting eyes wide open, very mm-hmm. conscious, trying to do the right job and, and, and being very open to the fact that you aren't perfect and you want to learn and grow from, from your mistakes along the way. But what happens when we have emotionally immature parents mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't even know if a parent even knows if they're emotionally immature, unless somebody's told them well or unless yeah, it kind yeah, of right that whole self-reflection process and self yeah right right yeah. I mean I probably would guess there's a lot of parents that are emotionally mature that they think they're 
great parents because yeah. maybe, maybe, you know, they are doing the opposite of what their parents did. And to them, it feels like better parenting or whatever. So how do you know if you're being an emotionally mature parent or an emotionally immature parent? Well, I've got one cool little article today that we're going to unpack where it talks at least about four different types of emotionally immature parents. So when you listen, as we go through and describe these, you know, does this sound, do any pieces or parts of this sound familiar, either as how you are parented, how you are parenting, how maybe you know people who are showing up in this way, mm -hmm. and it will give you an opportunity to reflect on the impact that this type of parenting could have. And it's never too late to start to recognize and, and start to make little changes along the way if, if this does sound a little bit familiar, or maybe you do sort of do that a little bit that, and you didn't really realize it, you know, that's how we learn to grow. We, we hear something and if we're at least being open to like, oh, you know, oh crap, I think, I think she's talking about me, <laughs> you know, sh right. It's like, crap, that, that, ooh, okay. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to dig into that a little bit. So just be really open when you hear this. And if you're not, if this doesn't describe you at all, then probably you, you are doing some pretty conscious parenting, right? Mm -hmm. um, so let's just kind of hop in and talk about these four types. And I'm going to, I'm going to um, name the four types right off the bat, and then we're going to go back and, and sort of unpack them all. So we've got the emotional parent, the driven parent, the passive parent, and the rejecting parent. Yes. So these are four types of kind of immature approaches to parenting. And this is based upon, you know, there's lots of reasons why a parent might show up like this, but again, it, the most important thing is to recognize what it looks like. Right. Okay. So let's start with the emotional parent. Yeah. So basically when I think of the emotional parent, it's kind of like, and I mean, the article says it right there, basically everybody's sort of feeling like they're walking on eggshells around this person because they're they never know what they're going to do that might set this person off right mm -hmm. in some sort of emotional way whether it's extreme sadness anger frustration rage you know whatever it may be so you're constantly sort of like worried about what you're doing and what you're saying um you know so so that we can make sure that we're all taken care of mommy yes 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 <laughs> right? yes 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 <laughs> Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I think the key point there is that, that people do learn to walk on eggshells. They turn, they, they, they tend to look for the landmines, right? If I do this and my mommy or daddy might, you know, get mad or, or if I do this or, or, Oh, look, I saw, I feel the energy. Oh, I better not ask for that today. Right. Like they get nervous and about that because I, they I don't feel like the parent knows that and they use that to manipulate. Mm -hmm. I would agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, it says here that these parents lose their emotional balance and behavioral control in situations mature adults can handle, and they usually see the world in black and white terms. They're extremely manipulative, always keeping score, controlling others with emotional tactics. Yeah. Now, I do think it's important, though, to note that there is a big difference between uh, what we just what you just said, <clears throat> you know, using their emotions um, to manipulate and control versus showing and expressing emotion in front of your child. And what I mean by that is, so my dog's really sick. Well, he's old, 
and he's mm -hmm. getting close to, you know, the last little bit of his life. Right. Mm -hmm. And I got really sad about it this morning and I started crying. Mm -hmm. And at first I went into the bathroom and I cried by myself mm -hmm. so that no one would see me. But then I thought, you know what? No, I'm going to go out. And I, you know, I, I wasn't like, I was like bawling or having a meltdown. I was just sad. And you could tell I was I tears streaming down my face. I'm not a pretty crier. So it's like, you know, you could tell. And my son says, mommy, why are you crying? Why are, why are you crying? And so I told him, I said, you know, I'm just, I'm feeling sad. Mm -hmm. Why are you feeling sad? Well, I'm feeling sad because of Ozzy. Ozzy's mm -hmm. getting older and um, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm just feeling a little bit sad about, yeah. about Ozzy getting older. So I think that that's a huge difference because children also need to learn that it's okay to feel emotion. Mm -hmm. You don't have to bury it. You don't have to run to the bathroom and hide like I initially did, right? You don't have to push those feelings down. You can feel them and express them. And that's fine because we run, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, we run into a lot of problems when we do try to push everything away. It always comes back and it's yeah. always much more powerful. <laughs> Absolutely. And I definitely believe that um, emotions need to be, you know, healthfully displayed and shown right. and, and not hidden um, to an extent. Obviously, we don't, you know, throw our, you know, we don't throw our, <laughs> our husbands and wives underneath the bus in front no. of our children or like, do you right. know what your dad did? I'm just going to know. So, like, so, but, you know, we're all appropriate in that. But absolutely, we have to show, you know, and be okay with showing our emotions. But I think that you're right. The difference is that the, this emo the emotions don't make people feel unsafe. Right. And it's not manipulation and it's not manipulation. Exactly. Yeah. Usually, you know, and the article says this too, like the extreme, um, of this would be on the end of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Me like mental illness, yeah. essentially bipolar, uh, narcissism, personality disorder, that sort of thing. Yeah. Borderline, that kind of stuff. And that's so typical and like borderlines with manic and, you know, episodes. And then there's, there's highs, there's lows. You never know what you're going to get. And it's very, very tricky and that those kind of kinds of behaviors lead to uh if we'll, you know we haven't done attachment style yet but again how our parents attach to us and how we attach to them at young in young ages is how we attach to relationships later so somebody who's got a super emotional parent probably is going to be dealing with uh well not with secure attached they're going to be um insecurely attached probably in a very fearful or an anxious attachment style right mm -hmm. so um that's what an emotional parent just remember you know you're sort of everything's black and white and everything people aren't sure how you're going to behave and people if you if you walk in the house and you see people kind of go to their rooms <laughs> everyone <laughs> scatters everyone scatters <laughs> and, you know because you know the, you know they then you might want to take a look why is everybody scattering why, right what's happening here <laughs> so that might be something yeah so and if you walk in a lot of emotion, you know, if you're an emotional person, if you're an emotional person, you're probably an emotional parent, right? We can't really separate our basic personality style, you know, so much. Um, so if you're a super emotional person, take a look at how your, that emotion is showing up as a parent is what I kind of the thing I would say there. Right. Okay. The driven parent. We don't have any of these in the sports world. Oh my gosh. 
I, I'm, I'm, Kim, I'm almost afraid to even get going on this one. I think I'm just going to take a backseat and you get, because honestly, we will just, I will never get off this one. If I start, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> okay. So I'll just kind of read about this little driven parent, whereas emotional parents are obvious in their immaturity, driven parents seem so invested in their child's success that their ego centrism is hard to see. But if you look a bit deeper, you realize their excessive self-focus manifests as conviction that they know what's good for others. <laughs> this is the parent who's got their entire plan made up for their kid, how they're going to do this, how they're going to do that, what, where, everything. They've got, they, they, they basically have a plan that everyone's got to stick to because this is what they want. Right. And they don't take the time and the energy to respect and be curious about and be interested in what this little human creature that you created might have in store for themselves, right? What types of things might they want to try and do that are curious and interesting to them? But, and if you have them in a box and you tell them and program them the entire time that this is who you're going to be and what you're going to do, when do they get the opportunity to have their own life? Hey, we all have one. You got yours. Yeah. So talk, stop. If you have some sort of shortfalls in the way you manage your own life, mm-hmm. your child is not your second chance to make it all better. Nope. That, that you got your chance. Now yeah. you have created this new person that gets to create their own life in their own way. And I always say the most important thing you can do to for your kids is to introduce them to lots of different things music art sports drama um just introduce them to lots and lots of things and see what sticks yep you know i know i tease you i says what are you gonna do when you have your babies and they don't want to play hockey (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well a piece of me will die but a piece uh, of you will die but you will not be that driven parent no you're gonna play no. hockey no matter what they're right? their own unique yes. individuals and their uniqueness is what it makes them special and yes. magical and and wonderful and i can't wait to see what they're interested in and yes. what they end up loving like typically how much awesome. he loves yes but look how much he just freaking loves trucks oh my gosh right yes. he just loves trucks like i'm i always went like well will that will that i get so excited to say will that lead to something you know maybe yeah. he'll you know who knows but like yeah. i just love watching what kids naturally without any pressure from anybody yep. like what they end up gravitating to and liking and i i i had one kid that you know gravitated towards sports and another kid that gravitated towards creativity and um filmmaking and things that were like beyond like my pay grade like just like so <laughs> smart like you so yeah. smart and so i i got it and I, it's really fun to watch how both of their paths have turned out so uniquely them you know, and I always, I feel, I mean, I have to ask my, my children this, but I feel like I was really good at, you know, allowing them to try a little, lots of different things and to pursue the things that they loved. Now I did find out, I can admit this, um, my son, I did find out, and this was really a really sad moment in 
my parenting that I had to sit and reflect because I had no idea. And this is goes back to when you're so busy doing everything, you're not seeing the signs and you're not paying attention. So um, my son was, you know, playing sports because he thought that's what I wanted him to do, you know, and he enjoyed playing sports, but he didn't enjoy playing sports when it got too serious and too competitive. Mm -hmm. Right. And it became too much to, it's, it's like, I don't like sports at this level. Right. I just like playing for fun and, you know, being out there and whatnot. And so at one point he had to come and tell me like, I'm not happy doing this. I don't want to keep doing this. And I'm like, okay, okay. Like, you know, it's like, I didn't realize yeah. that he was so unhappy. I wasn't paying attention to the signs, you know, and it's hard as a parent sometimes because especially now I'm going to tell you, I think it's even harder now to be a parent because there are so many things that kids can choose to do um, besides go out and do physical activity, like sports, like gaming and computer yep. games and being on their phone and being on TikTok that are so much more seemingly fun that will distract them and make them think that, that they don't want to do other things because they're so engaged in these, these social media and, and other app things. And I think it's a much more difficult um, thing to, to navigate now because before, you know, there weren't all these distractions, you know, if you weren't going to go and play sports or go, you're going to be playing outside with your friends, you're going to, right. or you're going to be doing homework going to be, you know, going into the library. I mean, none of that stuff happens anymore. So now I think it's even harder as a parent to really limit the, the screen time and the app time and the game time. And, and so they know like, well, even if you're not going out and doing other things, art, music, sports, whatever it is, doing something creative on your own, you know, that maybe takes your computer, you know, um, maybe you're a creative person that likes to, you know, create your own clothing or make your own clothing, whatever it is that you want to try and invest in. Um, we have to make sure that we give them time to do that. And this is not time that, well, if you don't do anything, yeah, sure. You can just be on your tech. No, we're not going to be in our tech during this time right? These, this is the time that we're going to be investing in, in whatever else you want to invest in and, right. and spend your time doing, but it's not going to be on playing games. And it's not going to be on TikTok. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So they do know that, oh, well, I guess I should pick something that I kind of like then if I can't do that. Right. So I think that's, that's something that's really important. So the driven parent, any, any parent out there that you feel and you know, or somebody has told you that it's your way of the highway, you're the one that's in charge. You're telling your kid what they're going to do and how they're going to do and when they're going to do. Stop. Right. Because you're, you're literally just, you're just sucking the soul out of them. You are. And you're not even allowing them to, you're not even allowing that human that you brought into this world to have a, a thought or a choice or an idea about their own life. And pretty soon they're just going to think that trying to do so is pointless. Absolutely. You know, they're not going to be able to, they, they just won't, they just won't express themselves. They won't, they won't, they'll be unmotivated in anything that they do. Um, because what's the point? What's the point? They'll just yeah. sit there and they'll say, there's no point. My, yeah. they, my parents don't hear me. My parents don't care. My parents, right. blah, 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 blah. And they're just, they're going to shut down. Yep. And they're going to shut down on lots of other ways that you're not ready for. Yep. Absolutely. Because you are not somebody that they can trust with who they are as a human. 
you just want them to be whatever you decide they should be because somehow you're dealing with some yep. unfinished business from your own life. Oof, this is a dangerous one. I, Oof, yeah. I know, but it's, there's a lot of them out there. Yep. Oh and, my God, yeah. And I deal with this. And, and I just want to say, as we get through these, we all probably at times have a little, we have little pieces of this, like this path, the, you know, the driven parent might show up once in a while. We might be an emotional parent once in a while, uh, you know, any of these. It, it doesn't mean that we are that parent we if we have this show up once in a while. But if this is mainly how you parent, this mm -hmm. is the energy of your parenting, then we have a problem. We all show up a little bit one way or another at times. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on to the passive parent. Yes. So I take this to mean like in the like in the partnership, right? So you have this person would be, um, well, the other one would maybe have a dominant personality mm -hmm. and this one just sort of gives into all of that, right? Which yes. can get really dangerous if, um, if, this, if the other parent or even another, like a coach or a teacher or whatever is putting your child in a dangerous situation and you just kind of like turn the other way. Yeah, you turn the other way because you don't, you feel insecure. You don't know what yeah. to do. You're very like passive. Or whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah. Exactly. And it, it becomes important because the child needs to know that you always have their back. The child Absolutely. needs to know that you're always going to show up for them and that you're going to stand up for them. And that's really, really key. And I, I, I see, I think a lot of this comes into like when you have a very passive one, one parent's very passive. The other one is very more dominant, like you said, mm -hmm. and there's some danger. There's some danger in that piece when your kids are watching, because what are you teaching them by what they're watching? Right. That only one person gets to have an opinion in that right. marriage. Only one person gets to speak and have, you know, an, an opinion. Like, I don't know. It, it, I think it's dangerous if you, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, every relationship is going to be well-balanced. There's definitely going to be somebody who's maybe a little more leadership prone. Somebody who's a little more alpha. Somebody who's a little more beta. Somebody who's a little more submissive. Somebody who's a little more whatever we, you know, we get together and we, we have some differences in the way that we approach life and the way that we show up. And so you might have a dad who's a little more, you know, even keel, you know, go with the flow and the mom's just a little more high energy and yeah, a little hyper, a little, whatever, you know, and I'm sure at the end of the day, it all kind of balances it out. You can kind of see how you appreciate each other for what you have. But when it comes to the point with a passive parent, that's just a parent that can't really, I can't really, I don't really know if I can count on you. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. um, passive parents give in to the demands of the more dominant personalities and often parent with more intense types who are more immature. So you would kind of call it a codependent relationship. They may seem emotionally available, but only to a point. And although, although they are able to show more love and empathy for their children, they can be, they can be as egocentric and as immature as the other types. So let's say when there's a conflict caused by the emotional parent, for example, they hide their heads in the sand and let the more dominant parent manage everything. So they're unable to offer their children any real guidance or to protect them from the 
craziness of the uh, other parents. So that sort of scenario, if that's happening around you, kind of know what kind of effect that's having. You know, you just can't be counted on. So I guess whatever dad says goes, or if the mom is the domino under, I guess whatever mom says goes, there's no point in talking to dad. That's, that's really unhealthy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it, in the best, in the best parenting ener- energies is mom and dad are on the same page. They are one. Right. Like they're together on everything. I can't play one against the other. I can count on both equally. Like there has to be that, that feeling there. And that's something that has to, you really have to work on that a lot. So that is the passive parent. Um, and I think that happens a lot with, I think it happens in more marriages than, than we think. So be paying attention to what that looks like in your own, in your own home. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally we have the rejecting parent yeah this one's sad i know rejection of of rejecting parents get the feeling the parent would be fine if they didn't exist even reading that i mean i feel like i want to cry like they feel like they're in the way they're always a problem they're always um they never do anything right anything they do is not good enough um this happens a lot too i think with divorce and separation, a lot of the kids will blame themselves. So it must be me is the reason that they're getting divorced. It must be me, something I'm doing. It's so crazy to me that kids immediately go to, it must be me. Right. Yeah. Um, because that's just how they are. It's like, I, I must, if I do this better, maybe my parents will stay together or maybe my parents won't fight as much if I, if I just try to be something different. And that's just a terrible burden to put on a kid, Yeah. you know? So, uh, so these parents, um, are the least empathic of the four types and they get particularly rejecting when the kids want to have a deeper, more emotional conversation. They're just not comfortable with it. Um, they're not comfortable with their own emotions and they'll do whatever it takes to avoid this. So those types of parents have to do the work still. They have to get in touch with who they are and get in touch with their emotions and how to have um, a healthy relationship with themselves. Right. You know, they reject not out of, necessarily um not wanting to but maybe just not knowing how maybe they they grew up in a family that didn't have a lot of emotions they didn't have a lot of hugging or saying i loved you you grew up in a in a home that you know kids should be seen and not heard you grew up in a home where your opinion didn't matter and you grew up holding on to these ideas and didn't get the help along the way so now you're just repeating generational patterns yeah and yep. you just, you know, hey, you're like, hey, I made it. I'm fine. Are you? Are you yeah. fine? Right. So that the rejecting parent. So um, that that it's it's sad and, and it can be fixed. And that's the most important yeah. thing is, but it's going to get fixed as you get fixed. Yes. As you get and start to do the work. So more than anything on this type of um, uh, parenting style seek some help, start working on yourself, start recognizing how it's affected you and in, 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 in your life. And then as you start to change and open up and, and, and love yourself more and accept yourself more. So there will you, your children, right. You know, and, and you won't have to repeat that, that for another generation. And that is a gift, my friends, to yourself and to your children. Yes. 
And I really want to say like this, this article that I'm reading came from, I really love this. Um, as I told you, I, I get a lot of my articles from um, Medium and this particular author, Patricia Williams, I follow her and I, um, I just love what she writes about. It's always in our wheelhouse of what we like. And this is an article that she wrote called uh, the four types of emotionally insured immature parents and we will obviously um uh give a shout out to her in the show notes but really really enjoy a lot of the stuff that she does write and so we will be sharing more from her in fact next week we're gonna follow up with this yeah uh, and we're gonna talk about kind of an, another article that she wrote it's called six causes of childhood trauma that our society doesn't fully recognize so we're not yeah. the main ones not the you know the the abuse and that type of thing but the of you know really severe abuse we're just talking about the subtle little things that can cause trauma that people wouldn't even think they wouldn't yeah you wouldn't even the think word trauma for but it is it is it's still yeah. trauma because trauma basically is trauma is just an emotional response that you have towards something that doesn't make you feel safe and secure right right so it could be it could be something very small Yep. Um, and it can be something huge. So, yep. um, you know, trauma seems to sound like such a dramatic word, but it could be just a simple word to use. So it's, I dealt with some stuff that just didn't feel comfortable and I didn't make me feel super safe. So yep. we're going to follow up with that next week. But again, I, we hope that, um, this resonated with you. We hope that, if any pieces of this was calling out to you and you want some help or you want to talk about it or you want to you know, check in with somebody and, and get some support on how to sort of soften out some of these edges for yourself, if you happen to be one of these, you know, seek help, reach out to one of us, just, but please do make it a priority because look, you're a parent for a long time mm-hmm. and there's plenty of time to you know, create new habits as a parent that will have tremendous impact on your growing children. And it is more important than anything else that you can do. Yep, for sure. Um, I just want to give my book recommendation real quick. So it's called, I read this when I was, um, I had my son, I think I was pregnant with my daughter, maybe before that, but it's called the conscious parent, transforming ourselves, empowering our children. Check it out. The author Oh gosh, I don't know if I can say her name. Dr. Shafali Sayberry, T-S-A-B-A-R-Y. We'll include this in the show notes too, but it's incredible. And if you're looking for a place to start, this might just be it. She also has an audiobook. So oh, give it awesome. a read, give it a listen. Um, it's it's really powerful, really transformative, and um, you know, small, subtle little changes that you can start with um that i love it make a huge difference yeah yeah maybe we could actually do a series on maybe maybe we could break down some of the key points from that book and maybe yeah yeah, right and just do like a little maybe a monthly series and just kind of get in just dig just just totally dig into the parenting it's such a there's nothing more important than who you are as a parent Mm -hmm. and the and impact you have on your child's world it's there's just nothing more important and i just don't think it can be talked about enough yep i agree all right so Pouring love into all you parents and love to my parents, love to your parents, yeah, absolutely. love to you as a parent, <laughs> Same. you're okay. doing a great job and um, everybody go out and have a great week Yep. and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 
Thank you so much for joining us today. And we hope that you really enjoyed listening to this episode. And honestly, you know, just reflect, particularly if you um, are parenting now, you know, being a little reflective of do I show up a little, you know, in a particular way that maybe isn't so healthy? Am I, am I too emotional or too driven or too passive? Or do I have some style about me that's a little bit rejecting? Or even more importantly, did you get raised by some parents that had some of these qualities? And can you see how it impacted you as you were growing up and, and even into your adult relationships, right? So really good to sort of think about look, we're all doing the best we can. And in this journey that we are having in life, we want to always check in and make sure that we're being as healthy and as emotionally stable and grounded and aware as we can, whether or not we're the one that is parenting or whether or not we are the ones healing from potentially some immature parenting, right? So again, we are so thankful you're here. If you enjoyed the episode today, please hop hop on over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. And as always, share with friends. We really appreciate it. And in the meantime, go pour love into yourself and others. And we love you. Bye-bye till next week.